The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Searching for something to put a smile back on your face. Just remembering unusual times that can come from an unusual place. You need a partner for the ride, cause everybody needs a climb. Shit 90 Shows Taught Me was not filmed before a live studio audience. Welcome back to Shit 90 Shows Taught Me. I'm Jess Sterling, here with my co-host, Sarah Ferguson. Sarah, how are you? I'm just a... uh, No, I'm not going to do that bit. (laughs) You're not going to do what bit? (laughs) I don't know. I'm doing really well. I mean, today is a big day. Yes, in the world of Shit 90 Shows Taught Me, it's a huge day. Um, If you didn't see our tweet from like three days ago when this comes out, today is the day we hit 10,000 downloads, total downloads, uh, since we started the podcast eight months ago. Yeah, how do you feel about that, Jessica? It's pretty amazing, honestly. The funny thing is, is it's exactly eight months to the day. And I realized that when I tweeted, I put nine months because I'm an idiot. And I I don't know why. I mean, I mean, that's why that once again, this is what you do. Like every single time we talk about when we start our podcast, (laughs) you like switch around the day. It's like I just can't keep track. Yeah, I don't understand. Like, I don't know. We started it, I guess, on September 3rd. That was when we released the first podcast. Released the first. But then you're always like October. November it's like what are you talking about time has no meaning when you're in a pandemic I guess not I guess not but no like it's awesome like I never would have thought that we would get I mean we always said like we're doing this I mean honestly this whole podcast was a way that I can get you on the phone once a week (laughs) 
<laughs> just so when, please once a week it's like two or three times a week now. i mean now it, now we're in a surplus <laughs> yes no. we have a we have a surplus amount of talking but yeah, yeah no it's it's really crazy like i never would have guessed we would have gotten this many downloads and it's it's really awesome so thank you to anybody and everybody who's listened who's downloaded who's told a friend about it if you have right we really um, appreciate to it. To our guests that's come on and like taken a chance on us. Like we had some really awesome mm-hmm. guests like when our podcast was super green and you took a chance and you spent time with us when you totally didn't have to. I know you're not listening to this now because you're a big deal, but <laughs> I'm just going to put it out into the ether and tell you that I appreciate you. Yeah, for anybody who's listened, who's, you know, liked a tweet, liked a, an Instagram post, we appreciate you. Um, yeah. And we're happy you came along on this ride with us. Like, it's, yeah. it's been a great eight months, and it's kind of crazy that 10,000 downloads in eight months. Like, that's over a 1,000 a month. That's crazy. Yeah, so, yeah, I got, like, so nostalgic today. I was, like, looking back in our old DMs and, like, looking how, like, this whole thing started. Yeah, do you want to spoil what the original, like, we were, when we were trying to come up with names for the podcast, I think you had suggested a few until we landed on I Yeah, I suggested, so, um, oh, gosh. I found it. Oh, you found it. Yeah, I had an idea of blank and other lies the 90s shows taught me. That was what you first said. So, like, I was thinking, like, yeah, like, you know, maybe, I don't know what I was thinking, like, but, like, oh, like, um... Hold on. You said, me, you said, I guess the title would be whatever we came up with, and the second part would be in parentheses. Right. So, like, I don't know. Like, I think, like, my idea was, like, I don't know, you get your girlfriend, like, the you know, from 11 years old and other shit that 90s shows taught you. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> it like, like such a long title. I know what you mean. Long, but yeah. then I was like, oh, but it'll be in parentheses. It's fine. I also think, like, one of my other suggestions were like my tv boyfriend and like did you record <laughs> it or some bullshit no, I, like we that? have to look back all the way back there yeah because then then i said what about something like things 90s shows taught me or shit 90s shows taught me if we're sassy <laughs> and then i guess i we were like yeah we we're, were sassy. fucking sassy <laughs> we're sassy <laughs> so that's where we landed i mean we did get a little bit of question like oh like can you say shit like can you Put that yeah. in there. What about the like um, the not geometrics? What geometrics? Um, the geometrics. The geometrics. What the fuck are you talking about? The geometrics. The geometrics. Uh, what are you talking about? You're talking about like when? No. What are you talking about? Analytics. I don't know. Oh, okay. Yeah. I think What's I know what the word? Mean. I'm not a scientist. Like when people are trying to find us? Yes. Analytics? No. Okay, whatever. I'm yeah, not a I, scientist. I think, I think people know what you mean, maybe. <laughs> like maybe how people like people know. find you? Oh, here we go. I found the other ones you said. My first TV boyfriend, did you tape it? Like a play on how we had to record stuff on an actual VCR tape back in the day. I'm a genius. Who yeah. knew? Who knew? Um, no. Um, yeah, like how people, I mean, like, like how is it hard for people to find you if you have a curse word in your name? And we said, fuck that. Like, whatever. If they find us, they'll find us. 
Yeah, I mean, we we well, the thing I think we were mainly concerned about was whether or not we should put the asterisks uh, where the I was in the word shit. And we, we weren't did at sure. First. We did, but then it was like harder to find the podcast, so we ended because up because then we were it. like, we call it shit. Ninety shows taught me, and right? Then we're we don't. Like, yeah. Let's just commit, you know? Right? Yeah. And the only thing that ends up being a, not even an issue, I would say, but just like somewhat of a a problem is like if we guest on other podcasts where they don't really swear that it ends up being either stuff 90 shows taught me or like shit shite 90s shows taught me s-h-i-t 90s shows i mean whatever it is what it is we we were here we were committed we're fine we can't change it now i mean i guess we could but we won't No, but why would we i love it um, we're fine. sassy, remember? We're sassy <laughs> if we're feeling sassy. If we're feeling sassy. I, think I just that think that's the like, funniest thing. I think that's because it was like towards, I mean, I feel like we're treating this like our 100th episode. <laughs> it's so dramatic. <laughs> it really are. It's like, remember that time a year ago? I, <laughs> it's not even. Or like our on our friend anniversary. But I think it was because like, it's like, uh, um, like I don't know. Like that was like towards like, the big more towards the beginning of our friendship like we were yeah like that was we, in august of 2020 mm-hmm. so we were like we didn't know each other as well as we do each other now like now right. we're just like now we just say stuff like outright and mm-hmm. i feel like if you we were proposing like a new podcast name is is be like you'd be like well we're bad bitches and of course we're shit 90 shows taught me <laughs> but like because like we were still kind of new ish friends you're yeah. like are we sassy and it's like well fuck yeah we're sassy yeah yeah, because we had only been friends for a few months at that point. So right, like, I know. Yeah, that, I mean that's that's the biggest gag of it all, guys. We're scam. Like we <laughs> act like we're like BFFs, and like we are. Maybe we are, but it's we are, but not in the way of like, oh my gosh, not like a Sean and Corey type of friendship where like you've known each other for like ever. Like yeah, right. We only we only, we haven't even known each other a full year yet. Fast friends. Fast, fast friends. friends. Well, because we immediately became say. friends. It was like instantaneous. Like we were friends before you even knew I existed. That's what it was. Okay, I have the clip and I'm saving <laughs> that for our friend anniversary, and that's not how it went down. <laughs> that is how it went down. Yes. Was not. That's how it went down because was I not. Watched, yes, it was. Yes. Was, it was not. Okay, fuck this. You guys tune in. Oh, I almost spilt my drink. Um, you tune in. <laughs> For July, no, June 28th, when I reveal Mm -hmm. the first interaction that um, Jessica and I had, Mm -hmm. and you'll see, you will see how I was the one that initiated our friendship. I didn't say you didn't initiate it. I said that I was friends with you before you knew that. No, that's not what I'm saying. I started this whole thing. You'll see. You'll see. Put it in the books. Where's the books? You Put it in you, the calendar. You take care of the books. I don't I take do care, care of the books. The books. <laughs> but yes, yeah, so we're celebrating today. We have our 90s nightcap, obviously, because it is a momentous occasion. I'm drinking. I, I talked about this last time, I think, the 1911 brand of hard cider. I really enjoy it. This time I'm drinking the Snapdragon. I prefer the um, black cherry one, but this one's actually pretty good. What are you drinking today? Um, I am drinking another margarita. <laughs> booyah, booyah. Booyah, booyah. Now that I've opened up the tequila, there's no stopping me now. No. That's yeah. what they say. Once you open the tequila, you can't 
just can't stop me. Yeah. And like, do you see me? Like I salted my rim and I'm keep like eating the salt because I haven't I eaten dinner yet. I did see that. I was wondering what was on the side. I thought it was like your lip gloss had like come off on the cup. Uh, ew. What? Jessica. Not that, no, not that you were eating your lip gloss. I just saw it on the cup and I thought it was like your lip gloss had like come off on the side. No, no, I'm eating. I, I haven't eaten dinner yet, so I'm just eating salt. Oh, this seems like a very bad idea. <laughs> I haven't had dinner yet, but I'm drinking margaritas. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I didn't bring the margarita pitcher up with me. I have one, and that's it. And okay. then I have my Poland spring water. Please go to your local <laughs> shop right and buy a three pack of 24 cases of Poland spring water. Please sponsor us, Poland Spring. We love three dollar three for ten dollars. What a bargain! And That's if a you have a bargain. coupon, sometimes you can get three for nine dollars at the Shoprite. <laughs> we love Shoprite too. Shoprite, you can also sponsor us. <laughs> Shoprite saves um, you big bucks. There you go. Are you ready to get into Blue Meets World today? Because that's what we're here to talk about, not how amazing we are for getting ten thousand. <laughs> Yes, please skip ahead 12 minutes and 30 seconds. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, right. of course. All right. So today we're talking season two, episodes 18 and 19. Uh, episode 18, by hook or by crook. Um, interestingly enough, I feel like this is the first episode where like Corey's not like the main character. <laughs> it's like all Eric all day. Absolutely. So um, so Sh- Corey and Sean were only in a few scenes each. And this mm-hmm. is the first episode that exclusively focuses on Eric and on Feeney. And funnily enough, I thought this was a really good episode. And like maybe we don't need Corey all along. I did. I kind of agree with you. Like it wasn't it wasn't necessarily like that. We don't need Corey. It was more just like, wow, like I'm actually really enjoying Eric. And I felt like if they had dedicated more time to him earlier on in the show, maybe like I would have cared about him a little bit more. Right. Um, Yeah. Because I had a big problem. You know, I had a big problem with him in season one. I felt like he was just like a troll to Corey constantly. And this episode, I really actually enjoyed it. My fate. I think this is my favorite Eric episode or like favorite showing of Eric in the entire series thus far that we've seen. Um, one mm-hmm. other trivia fact, um, along with uh, a stormy weather, a the Witches of Pembroke, um, and this episode is the one of only three episodes in which Ben Savage and Ryder Strong do not share a scene. So there's only three oh. episodes where they don't share a scene in the entire episode, and this is one of three. Three. That's very interesting to know. Yes. Wow. They run a lot of yeah. scenes together. Jeez. Well, they're BFFs. What can you say? <laughs> True. Um, so yeah. Um, I, I thought this was a really great showing for Eric. I liked him a lot. This is probably like my favorite Eric that we've seen thus far. And mm-hmm. I wish that I mean we could possibly see more of this Eric, I'm assuming probably a bit more, but this is I just I really liked him. Like I thought that, you know, we had like Eric being a little bit of a dum-dum, but mostly being a moral person and an yeah. interesting character. Yeah, I think this definitely rounded him out as a character. We've only ever seen him be, like, girl crazy and pretty stupid. And, like, I thought yep. this was, like, a much it, – it really gave more depth to him as a character. Yeah. Um, 
So we start off, him and Jason want to go to Europe over the summer. So they need to get their grades up in order to do so. Because apparently, even though they want to go to Europe, uh, Eric really sucks at European history. <laughs> yeah. So he is like rocking C minuses. And Alan and Amy say that you have to at least get a B if you want to go to Europe. They're going to like right. backpack or something across Europe, which I feel like for a 16 slash 17 year old, that's like a lot to like let your 17 year old backpack across Europe. I thought the same thing. I was like, holy crap. And first of all, like, where are they getting all the money to send him over to Europe too? Like he Jesus quit his Christ. job. I don't have, I have no fucking clue, but yeah. I do remember in high school, there were these special trips for like juniors and seniors to go off to Europe mm-hmm. and in my school at least like my best friend did it but I never got the opportunity I don't know if this was like some like rich kid shit or like gifted oh, and talented like kid, shit. kid shit I yeah. think it's gifted and talented and rich kid shit I'm not quite sure so yeah. I remember my friend 110% going to Italy um, like sophomore, senior year of high school in the summer. I think it was pro- not sophomore. I think it was between junior and senior year when mm-hmm. she went in the summer. Um, so I don't know. If this is like a school associated thing. Or- it didn't seem like it. No. I mean, I don't think the school would be letting them go to like nudie beaches. So um, no. maybe they were going to sneak off and go. But yeah, so they're they're like game to do that. Um, meanwhile, we're in Turner's class. Corey's out sick. Um. And we find out that Turner's uh, motorcycle got, like, basically run over. Um, which, <laughs> poor Turner. Which should honestly be the first sign that he should give up the bike. A hundred percent. But motorcycles you know, are dangerous. Can. And he seems to have very bad luck with this motorcycle that we see in these two episodes. And this is the point in his life where he should be like, you know what? I'm too old for this. I'm too old for this. I value my life. Like, I don't know mm-hmm. if he's supposed to be like 32, maybe in this episode. Like, maybe he's supposed to mm-hmm. be like my age. But even so, like, put down the motorcycle. It's time. But I love that Sean comes up and he has like a whole stack of family business cards because, you mm-hmm. know, he has like a family member in every single like sketchy corner of business but like that's the good news right like it's good to know people like if you have a trusted mechanic like you can't go wrong with that shit honestly i know absolutely not 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 that uncle mike is to be trusted (laughs) so yeah sean says you gotta go to my uncle mike like he'll take care of you like he owns a motorcycle repair shop like you're good um he accidentally gives a car to his other uncle which is um Lucky Leo's bail bonds and prosthetics, one way or another, will get you on your feet. That was very funny. A very funny joke. Um, but yeah. Um, yeah, I liked that from from Sean. And I, I, I really like Sean this episode as well. I thought this was a really strong episode overall. Um, and I really like them giving Sean moments to shine on his own, where, like you said, he doesn't have any scenes with Corey. But we see that he's really good even without Corey. And it's kind of the the beginning of the Turner Sean relationship. Um, you know, yes, getting deeper into that, which I really Oh, love. absolutely. Because before this, it's honestly was a lot of Corey and Turner. Right. And this I think is the first time like we kind of saw like Turner like show like interest in both Corey and Sean as a duo. Mm-hmm. But this was the beginning where we started to like turn a little bit to be more right. focused on Sean, which as you guys probably know if you're, you know, not a first time 
Boy Meets World Watcher that is like a big focal point in seasons like late season two and season three is the relationship of like Turner taking care of Sean because Sean loses his family, essentially. Right. Right. And so I love that this is kind of the beginning. Like, I know we haven't been the highest on season two in general, Mm -hmm. but I will say like there are a lot of like really great nuggets and like beginning of things in season two. It's like a setup. It's a setup yeah. for seasons three and four. So exactly. So we're. I really like that we're we're going through. I mean, obviously we're going to go through it anyway. But I really like that yeah. we're like seeing the beginnings here. Um, and yeah. they're just tiny nuggets at this point. But um, now we're we're in Feeney's class, and Eric has Feeney as a teacher too. Apparently, fucking Feeney teaches everybody. Yeah, I guess he teaches like all grades of history. Right. Um. So we see that Feeney is giving his nephew an F plus. Um, yeah, I and- like this. I thought this was so funny. He's like, F plus work, you get F plus. Your work is deplorable. Your writing is illegible. But your mother is my sister. So what am I going to do? I guess yeah. I'll just see you on Thanksgiving. So ridiculous. And so basically, Jason and Eric want to like ask Feeney to bump up their grades or something ridiculous. Like, you know Feeney yeah. better than this. He's never going to do that. Um, and I think Feeney says, like, why don't we give elephants pants? Maybe they'd be inspired to buy coats. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so essentially, Feeney is like, you know what? You can either study or you can, um, you know, be tutored by the senior teaching assistant. Mm-hmm. And Jason agreed to Feeney that they'll get tutored, which pisses Eric off because he doesn't want to hang out with a loser nerd. And lo mm-hmm. and behold, it's this girl, Tori Hart, and of course she's a knockout. Like, you know. Gorgeous. And she has, I don't know how to describe it, but she has a voice that is like how I imagine, like, Farrah Fawcett sounds. Like, oh. it's very, like, ethereal and, like, airy. I love you know her I mean? voice. I love her voice. So. It's sexy. Yeah. yeah this actress is Terry Evans. Um, I-V-E-N-S. And she has been working. Like, she's been working consistently. Like, her main thing is that she was in a heap ton of All My Children episodes. She became Mm. a soap soap actress. Um, And, you know, she's still working to this day. She's in, like, pre-production for a new TV series called Lockwood. Um, And, yeah, like, she has an amazing voice. Like, I wish my voice sounded like that because it's sultry and sexy and mysterious and everything. She's from California, but she just has an amazing voice. Yeah, no, fantastic. She was, she was, like, she did a really good job playing the character of Tori. Um, And, of course, Eric sees her and is like, oh, okay, never mind. I'm I'm (laughs) all in. I guess I'll be tutored, no problem. Um, now we're back at the Matthews residence. We find out Corey has mono. Topanga brought over his homework. Um, and when she finds out, oh, it's it's a kissing disease, she wants, she demands to know who he kissed. And he just, mm-hmm. like, pretends to be asleep. Yeah. Having mono when you were a teenager or a middle schooler was the most scandalous thing that could have existed. Mm-hmm. Um I think it just is pretty obvious that I never got mono in my existence. I didn't either. (laughs) So I don't know even like what is mono? Like what's the symptoms? Like I think it's like flu-like symptoms. Like I'm pretty sure it just mm. your like full body aches, like that type of thing. Yeah, I can't relate. Did get the swine flu, which is probably more fitting for me anyway. 
yeah, so so Topanga's like very upset. And this is like also, again, little nuggets. Like, this is the episode where like Topanga admits to Corey that she like likes him. And yes. it's like such a weird, like, who would have known? Like, if you would ask me, like, what was the episode that Topanga did this in? It, I would not have guessed that no. it was like a shot or a, a, an Eric centric episode. No. Mm-mm. No, and it's that's crazy. kind of like that's kind of like the Au episode because it's the same kind of thing. It's like yeah. there was the first like kiss where it was like a good kiss that they yes. both wanted and, and they yeah it's just like drop it in there out of nowhere drop it in there in the worst episode in the entire series oh yes that one was awful yeah, yeah. no 100 percent um, um <laughs> sorry go ahead <laughs> i i my, my only other thing about the scene is that like i like how she was like stacking the homework and she just mm-hmm. gave him like a, a two by four and she's like yeah this is your shop class homework and Corey is like yeah i'm like done i made a shelf yeah, so that smart. was funny. Just need yeah. some brackets, and he's good to go. Yeah, um, we're back in uh, in Feeney's class, and uh, Tori's giving. Uh, I put Jacob. Why did I put Jacob in my notes? Tori's giving Jason like this huge book um, for homework. Uh, he hits on her, and she like instantly rejects him. She's yeah. just, like not gonna happen. Yeah, bye, boy. Yes. Um. And so then Eric comes in and she's like smitten kitten. She like, but she does first like critique. She's like, you don't seem to write much about history in your history <laughs> essays. She's like, it's done. It's over. Let's move on. Yeah. I think like a lot of us have had that perspective on history. I had the hardest time being interested in history as a kid because of the same sort of thing. Like it's old news. It's boring. It's like fucking a sarah like this is like history is stories like of all the subjects why were you putting so much like hatred towards history that's probably the most interesting subject yeah i do think that part of it is if you don't have the right teacher it's hard to realize that it's stories because i think like so many people put emphasis on names and dates which and and geography which like three of my worst like subjects or like things to know I'm not good with names I'm not good with dates and I'm not good with geography and so I feel like if you look past that and you just learn the stories then you're better off but you know a lot of times like quizzes are like oh what date was this particular war on right like that's not really teaching you anything right right Um, yeah so no I agree with you though but Tori doesn't seem to she's like let's go somewhere more comfortable like okay Tori like (laughs) okay Sure, sure. Sounds sure, why good. Not? Um, <clears throat> now we're in we're in Uncle Mike's motorcycle repair. Um, Turner brings in his bike. Uncle Mike was like honestly so funny. He was so good in this episode. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure that Uncle Mike is the delivery guy from TK's yes. episode. So he like we do is. see him again. Um, so he is no longer delivering. Um, candy clowns he is now a mechanic <laughs> and yes. he is like being super sketch because obviously like this family is probably up to like a little bit of no good so he wants yeah. to like pat turner down he wants to know if he's wearing a wire um but yeah uh, i like how like sean is like like child labor laws who like sean like fully is like working in the mechanic shop 
Yeah. Yeah. And I love how Sean is like the alpha in this situation. Yeah. And he's like, oh, how are we going to treat me? He's like, like family. And he's like, no, <laughs> not like family. Not and, like family. And Uncle Mike is so sweet in that like he's so proud of Sean. He's like, Sean's the scholar of the family. <laughs> and Turner definitely thinks he's like joking. And I just thought that the I loved being able to see Sean and a family member because we really haven't seen that yet. We have not um, yet. No. And so I really thought that it was sweet how like his uncle is like so proud of him mm-hmm. um and how sean like stood up to his uncle i just thought that was a very sweet scene with them yeah 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 so like uncle mike quotes turner 300 bucks which seems like a great deal considering how disastrous the i know bike his sounds. bike got run over like yeah, good dollars very good deal yeah, um, seriously. And which is very reasonable because Turner is on a teacher's salary. He cannot afford to fix his bike for a lot of money um, because he has to pay rent and he has to pay for his bike and he wants to eat more than black licorice. Absolutely. Um, so they're getting that worked out. Meanwhile, they're uh, Corey, or excuse me, Tori and Eric are at Chubby's. Um, Tori has a crush on Eric, but like Eric's like, we have to study. Um, and Tori offers to give Eric the answers to the test, which like pretty shitty tutor, if you ask me. <laughs> right. Yeah. So and but he does when she um, she gives him like a good kiss and like we leave this scene not knowing like what he ultimately decides. Mm-hmm. But then at the next scene, it's the next day. They just took the test is a really, really hard test. Eric says he left half the test blank. Um mm-hmm. And then he admits to Jason that he could have taken the test scores, but he didn't want to cheat. Like, he wanted to earn the grade at his own merit. Then Feeney comes around, and he says Jason got a B, and Eric got an A-. minus. Well, how did he possibly get an A- minus if he left half the test blank? Also, it's insane to me that Feeney already has these tests graded. And, like, especially considering he couldn't have used a Scantron because he had, like, multiple choice up to, like, V, which is insane. Um, so like, I don't know how Feeney is like a magic grader. Maybe he has people that do it for him. But no, well, insane. he said that he had a special interest specifically on how um, Jason and Eric did. So he oh, probably so he maybe just graded theirs. He just graded their theirs. Yeah. Sense. To see like how they did, because they're yeah. supposed to be studying harder and they have the right. tutor. Right. So Eric is in the hallway with Tori and he basically is like, why did you do that? I wanted to get a good grade for myself to prove that I could do it. And Tori's like, oh, thank you for leaving those blank. It was so much easier to fill them <laughs> in for you. Yeah. And Eric is like insulted because he knows that Tori doesn't believe in him. Like he knows that she like didn't even think he could do it on his own. And Eric's like, I'm not just like a pretty face. I'm not a bimbo, you know, like which is all Tori basically thinks of him. Um, yeah. Yeah. Which and I really he, liked because it's yeah. like it's. You know, I feel like we usually see Eric leaning on his good looks. Right. Um, yes. And we finally see him being like, that's not all there is to me. Right. Yeah. And like, you know, she's being like pretty condescending and like she's just like, you know, why do you want to be seen as smart? You have so much going on for you. You're charming. Mm-hmm. You're funny. You have these kissable little dimples. Um, Of course, Eric accidentally goes into the girl's bathroom, but um. To be honest, last episode that was labeled as the boys' bathroom, so I would be confused too. I thought the same 
thing. I was like, am I going crazy? Was that not Feeney's office and then the boys' bathroom? And now it's the girls' bathroom? Because Harley went in that one. So Absolutely. It's like, what is going on? Absolutely. Why can't why 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 change it to the girls' bathroom just for this scene? So like let's pretend like they're different hallways though. Like, how is it possible that each hallway looks identical to the yeah. next in the school? It's insanity. They literally changed it just for this scene, and now we're gonna have to keep an eye out to see if it's boys' bathroom next time around. Because I don't remember the next episode if it yeah. is. It's but that's been, crazy. Yeah, that's what it's been Feeney's uh, office. It's been the boys' bathroom, and now it's the girls' bathroom. It changes. Did but, like, they think we you, wouldn't notice? I know. Can you li- like? Can you imagine if we live in the world where like they keep changing this room over <laughs> and over again? <laughs> it's gonna be Jennifer like, Bud's closet next. <laughs> yeah, it's like shit. Fuck. Like I thought this was the boys' bathroom, and then somebody be like, "Yeah, it was. It was just yesterday." And then in in reality, yeah. I keep thinking that it's like the um room of requirement from Harry Potter. It's <laughs> whatever you need it to be. Needs it to be. Yeah. <laughs> it's like so oh, like I really need a girl's bathroom right now it's like oh like it's magically the girl's bathroom i feel like this is like another situation of like the heathers where it's like we need like the serial music of like what's going on with this room first it was feeny's office (laughs) now it's a boy's bathroom now now jess we can't use it that often we just i know we can't do that bit so many times but seriously it's ridiculous did they not think we would they think we wouldn't notice seriously um anyway seven year olds uh, don't notice 30-year-olds notice. That's fair. That's fair. What else do we have going on besides looking out for what bathroom doors are labeled? Um, Not much. (laughs) We're uh, we're back at Uncle Mike's motorcycle shop, and Turner's picking up the bike. Um, Uncle Mike, because Turner doesn't believe it's his bike, and Uncle Mike's like, don't worry, I filed off the serial (laughs) number for you. I threw that in for free. Yeah. Um, He charges him $1,500, which is five times as much as originally promised. Yes. Um, Sean gets very upset with Uncle Mike. He says labor took 1,600 hours. And it's like, well, it felt like it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, Sean is like, um, sticks up for Mr. Turner, gets into Uncle Mike's face. Mm -hmm. And he's like, you hurt him. I hurt you. Um, and then Uncle Mike is like, is that a threat? And Sean's like, yes. And he's like, I've never been so proud. Your mother would be so proud if she was alive to see this. And, she, so and Sean's crazy. like, well, Vera's alive. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, he's like, oh, I should call her sometime. Yeah. Um, so he does give Turner the deal for $300 to get his bike. Good deal. Um, all is well. Very good deal. Yeah. yeah. Very good deal. Um, back at the Matthews residence, Eric is studying at midnight. I have a question. I'm very confused about this. Eric just had a test. Now he's studying for know. another test the I same know. week? It doesn't seem fair. Maybe it's like a test in a midterm. Like it's a lot, Feeney. And like you're really giving these kids like a run for their money. That's why I was so lost. I'm like, I don't understand because Corey's sick this whole time. And you're not sick with mono for like more than a week. So it's crazy that to me that you would have two major tests in I one just, week. Yeah, I just think that Feeney is like a real asshole. And he just keeps like he's the one that does like has a test and then a midterm the same week. Some yeah. bullshit like that. No, that makes sense. Um, Eric or Alan comes downstairs. He's all proud of Eric. Um, Eric is like feeling stressed. So he calls Tori to see if she can help him, like tell him like the, at least the areas he should be focusing on. Cause it's like more than he thought he was going to have to study. And she right. just immediately starts giving him the answers. I know. And she's just like, I don't see any other way how you're going to possibly pass this test and get to Europe if I don't give these answers to you. At She's least the write them down. shittiest tutor of all time. 
Or the best tutor. Or the best. <laughs> I guess it depends on how you look at it. Depends on how you look at it. Could be a good tutor. I yeah. mean, I yeah. wish that any tutor that I went to gave me these same props, but I am not a hot boy um, yeah. that is 16. So Yeah, so Eric writes down the answers, and then we flash to the scene in Feeney's class where you see him cheating. Um, so he did take the bait. Yeah, and, he does know. the whole, like, hand on the... Writing shit so on your hand. Obvious. Which you don't do. I mean, like, nowadays, these kids write shit on their band-aids. Like, you got to step up your game. You write it on your water bottle. Like, write it on the inside of your shirt, you know? Nothing on the hand. Especially mm-hmm. because if it's not sneeze-proof. Right. As we so, learn later. As yep. we learn later. Yeah. So we see Eric cheating. Um, Eric gets home, and Amy and Alan are, like, super excited because Feeney told them that he got his good grade up, a full letter grade. They even got him, like, a backpacking backpack mm-hmm. as, like, a reward. And, of course, this just makes him feel, like, even worse about cheating. Yeah. Um, and he immediately leaves. <laughs> I know. I mean, Eric's a good kid. Like, he did not want to cheat. But, yeah. you know, it's, like, at this point, it's, like, in you know, it's the – you know, fact of proving yourself and it's the fact that he really wants to go to Europe. Mm-hmm. So it's like it's hard. Like if you're given these answers, it's like I want to know, like, how many people in this universe would, you know, ignore the answers and not cheat or yeah. if they would if they would. Like, I mean, knowing you, you probably wouldn't cheat. Knowing me, mm-hmm. I probably would. Like if I'm given the answers, then I don't know. They're right in I front of me. I think it would just eat away at me. I think the thing that, like, to me seems, I mean, obviously he can't, he wants to go, like, uh, um, to Europe and everything, but I feel like un- underreported story is if he doesn't get his grades up, he also is going to be in summer school, which, like, no kid mm. wants to be in summer school. So I feel like that's also, like, another thing that even pushes him into cheating even more. How, did you ever go to summer school? Mm-mm. Did you? Okay, no. so, number one. Um, Drew opted to go to summer school, but like opted to go opted. But then he like took like wood shop, whatever, whatever. I, um, actually went to summer school. What did you have to go for? English. Mm. I, um, I fucked up junior year and I had to go to summer school. Was it like all summer? Like every single day? Um, if I'm remembering correctly, it was probably, five days a week for like um maybe a month oh so too bad i guess i had to go it was a different school so i had to go to like a bigger school so there was nobody that i knew there which was good but i had to go i just like junior year i just had like i don't know what happened like i didn't have much Mm -hmm. motivation like i don't know i like i don't know if i probably just didn't do my homework i probably just didn't study um but i do think that it's a main motivator as to like what happened with me um senior year which like I've told you the story before how like senior year like our school essentially said like if you get all A's then you don't have to take finals well mm-hmm. I never wanted to go to summer school again and number two I didn't want to take finals so I got high honor roll straight A's mm-hmm. in all my classes senior year so it did do me good but um yeah, summer school, yeah. it's for the uh, only the bad people, badass people. I'm so badass <laughs> going to summer school. Yeah, with I'd all the other de- badass. With all the other degenerates. 
<laughs> yeah, so Eric Eric goes to see Feeney in Feeney's office, um, and he immediately says, like, he cheated, and Feeney asks who gave him the answers. Eric lies, and he said it was a guy from last year. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised Feeney doesn't change up the test every single year, and not only that, but give each kid a different test so they can't cheat off of each other, right? Don't you feel like oh, Feeney's Oh, yeah, that no, type? there was definitely, like, a, a test, B test, C test, D test. Yes. I, absolutely. He yep. would. But he definitely for the sake but of the story. The, yeah, for the sake of the story, he didn't. Yeah. And um, Feeney is like, uh, Feeney says he knows Eric doesn't believe in himself and only he sees himself as average. But like he knows that Eric is capable of getting good grades. Yeah. Um, and is Eric just is like basically like super down on himself. He's like, I don't understand why you don't like just realize that I can't do it. Like I don't have it yep. in me. I'm just yep. a guy who looks good. I can't get good grades. I'm not smart. Never going to get an A, never going to make honor roll. That's who I am. Like, I might as well accept it. And then Feeney says, the only thing that limits you is your laziness. Like, I believe that you're capable of more. Um, And, like, he kind of, like, gets into, like, his whole Feeney thing. How it's, like, you know, it's not just about grades. It's just also about, like, the importance of certain places, which, like, he lost me on here. I'm like, Feeney, like... Focus on me. Focus on me. Like, come on. Like, no, talk- but I thought this was good because he's basically like bringing up like, well, the beaches that you want to go with all the nudie girls, like they wouldn't be allowed to do that if it wasn't for like this war and blah, blah, right. blah. Like he he relates it back to what Eric wants to do. Um, yeah. And this is when Tori comes in and Tori, the idiot that she is, fully doesn't even wait for Feeney to finish his sentence and totally admits to to giving Eric the answer. Yeah, this reminds me of the whole, like, weenie thing um, of Sean. Like, same mistake. Yep. Yep. And um, I I love, like, this is probably, I think my top Feeney moment still is probably the conversation between Corey and Feeney in Father Knows um, Less. Yeah. Um, But... I think this is like a rival for like close second. I just really loved Feeney here because he's basically like, Tori says, how could you do this to me? And Feeney's like, how could you do this to him? You see no potential in Eric. Like maybe you like him, but you certainly don't respect him. And I thought like, gosh, I just loved the way that Feeney says that. You know what I mean? Yeah. The way he he explains his points. Um, and he asks her if she's the teacher type or the type who writes people off. And I love this next part where he basically just like shoves it back in her face and makes her see how she made Eric feel when he says, this is what I get for selecting a pretty girl as a teaching assistant. I should think you more than most would want to see this man succeed because she's a pretty girl and people underestimate her because of it. Just like absolutely like she should theoretically relate to Eric and see the potential in Eric because she Mm -hmm. probably deal with deals with similar things like Mm -hmm. this girl is obviously very intelligent. So she probably gets written off all the time. Like so. um, So basically he just decides not to fire her because she says that she's learned something and Feeney says that he does that because he doesn't like to write people off just like Eric um and Eric's like you're a good teacher and Feeney's like you're smarter than you look and I'm obviously I'm looking forward to seeing you in summer school Mm -hmm. I just I wish Eric heard this more like if only we got this this Eric for the rest of the series and continue to see him grow his potential of what he could become instead of dumbing him down. 
I personally would like it. I think that like a lot of the dumb Eric shit is just for shit, um, cheap laughs. It is. And I yeah. think that we could have still gotten like, you know, like blonde girl Eric. You know what I mean? Like yeah. the blonde stereotype where you're like kind of a dummy, but like, yeah, he or can still like, do dumb things, but be smarter mm-hmm. deep down. Or, yeah, like if Eric became like, um, like a, a Reese Witherspoon and legally blonde, like, yes. Like, that would have been, like, brilliant. Like, you know, seems like she's a dummy, but works really hard and, like, becomes greater than she can ever understand because she hadn't met her fullest potential at that moment. 100%. And I think that, like, the only other Eric standout episode in my mind that I can think of right now is the weatherman one um, where he, like, decides he's going to, like, drop out to become a weatherman. Um, Mm -hmm. But... I really, like, love this episode for Eric. And I love the Feeny Eric stuff. Like, I think that, yeah. like, it's really nice for them to branch out and have do different pairings that we don't usually see. Yeah. And I think that this is opens up a door to what we'll eventually see as, like, a close bond between Feeny yeah. and Eric. But this is, like, the, you know, if there if it wasn't for this episode, then we wouldn't have never gotten, like, Feeny. Yeah. Like, it yeah, wouldn't have happened. all the good nuggets. And, like, again, well, let's get into the end scene. Because, again, another great nugget that starts here is yeah. Topanga comes back in and she's like, I've solved the great mono mystery. Steve Nelson sneezed on Corey and gave him mono. Um, Corey's Disgusting. like, oh, but I made out with, like, this girl for a really long time. And... Um, Topanga finally admits that she likes Corey and I love the line now you like me or what um, <laughs> and then Corey pretends to fall asleep and she's like I hate you and she leaves yeah. I'm like Corey what a douche come on I know but he is like I think I handled that pretty well <laughs> what an idiot what an idiot yeah so I, I, I like this from her too yeah like this episode was a good like setting the scene for things to come mm-hmm. in the future I really I like really this episode yeah, it was a good, a really, really good episode. I wasn't um, expecting to like it so much, to be honest. Like, because yeah. of, like, the last two episodes we watched, I was just, like, really, like, met on them. Yeah. These two, I felt, last were four, so really. strong. Yeah. yeah. These two, I felt, were so strong. And I felt like I really, really appreciated them taking the time to be like, you know what? We love Corey. But, like, let's focus on Eric. And then let's focus on Sean. And yeah. I really appreciated them, like, rounding out those characters more. I mean, obviously, we already knew a ton about Sean. But I felt like this these two episodes were more like serious in a different way um our bodies come in different shapes and sizes so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too that's the beauty of noom they build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions medical issues and other personal needs so your plan works for you Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. So let's let's get into episode 19, which was The Wrong Side of the Tracks. Um, yes it's a good title too good good name for it 
Yeah. Um, we start off in the hallway. A girl named Jill is saying yes when Sean asks her out. They're like all like smitten and cute. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jason and Eric are like making fun of Sean and Corey as always. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is apparently like a different tier or a different type of girl for Sean. Like she's more like she has style. She has elegance. Uh, Sean jokes that she has both her parents. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, so we get this f- weird thing how Eric and Jason decide that um, they see this girl in the halls, Valerie, who um, Eric wants to get with. And basically, all she does in her free time is she skates. She's an ice skater, mm-hmm. which is is totally a true thing because I used to know somebody that was training to be an ice skater and she spent all of her time at the rink. Like it really is like this girl went preschool before school um, at like seven in the morning to skate. Oh my gosh. And then would go to school and then after school she would skate. Like when you're an ice skater, it's a very expensive sport, by the mm-hmm. way. But also it's, you need dedication and I think it's need... like gymnastics and stuff, right? It's mm-hmm. just like really intense. Yeah, exactly. So this totally tracks. So basically Jason lies and says that Eric knows how to skate so that he can get the girl mm-hmm. and to get the date. He says like, you know, I can skate like let's hang out at the skating rink um, on Friday. So, of course, Eric has is put into this position where he does not know how to skate. But um, he has to, like, figure out how to skate in, like, four days so that he can go on this date with this girl, Valerie. Right. And Jason's like, Canadian skate? How hard can it be? Jason, you're an idiot, by the way. We love Yeah, this was like, (laughs) this is like, I don't know why, but there was, like, a humongous, uh, like, period of time when all we did was make fan- fun of Canadians in our media and I have no idea why like they're I don't like understand the nicest it people exactly they're so nice I don't know I why know. yeah we're a pro-Canadian it's, podcast we are a very pro-Canadian podcast mm-hmm. so uh we got Turner I guess Corey is over his mono mm-hmm. and they're now getting an assignment where they have to write a biography on anybody Right, someone they admire, I think. Right. Um, and Topanga's writing about Katie Couric. Um, Corey wants to write about Captain Kirk. Uh, <laughs> and Turner says it has to be someone real. So, of course, Corey and Sean decide to write about each other. Because why not? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Have you um, have you ever walked your dog to Katie Couric, Jessica? <laughs> This is a no. um this is a reference to the pilot episode of Dawson's Creek. Yes, ridiculous. Um I know that in high school we had to have like in senior year in English, we did like a senior project and it was like a binder and it every it was like a chap like every chapter was something about your life and I think one of the chapters was like someone you really admire and I'm pretty sure I wrote about my mom. Like I think it was like a given that that's who I would write about. That's um but nice. it was just like one chapter. It wasn't like a full-blown essay type of thing. Yeah, that um, sounds very nice. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I wouldn't have picked a fictional character and I definitely wouldn't have picked Katie Couric. But yeah, um, no, no Captain Kirk for you. No, no, you're not a Trekkie. You don't like Tribbles. Nope, not not for me. Um, we're in the cafeteria now and Jill basically just comes up 
Dillashawn and she's like, oh, yeah, we can't, you know, we can't go out. And he like asks her why and she just won't answer. So Corey um, goes up to Mindy, who actually is the same girl that like called um, or had a binder that said that girls were like icky. And Corey asks Mindy why Jill broke it off with Sean. And Sean is standing right there. And Mindy's just like has no problem saying that Jill and Sean don't belong to the same circle. Um, His family, where they live, what they do, yuck. Like Mindy is a full on Ew. Bitch. Yeah. She, yeah, up. I don't like that Mindy. No, nobody does. Um... So and so basically Sean was like all down on himself and he's like, yeah, I live in a trailer park like nobody likes me. And Corey's just trying to like cheer him up. But it's really just like not working. (laughs) No, it's like it's honestly really is a huge blow to Sean's ego. Like, I don't Mm -hmm. think that Sean like obviously he knew what his family position was, but like he lived in a world like. At school where he was still cool, like nobody really brought up the fact that he was on the other side of the tracks, essentially, like he was just seen as a cool kid. Like, obviously, we get the situation at Melissa's party where he was like not invited because he wasn't Mm -hmm. like a nerd or a geek, but he was also one of like tens of other students that weren't invited to the party because they weren't nerds or geeks. So I think this is the first time where he realizes that people know of like, his family outside of school. Like, I think that he uses it, like, he doesn't obviously talk about it, so he probably uses it as, like, um, like, a shield at school. Like, I'm a cool kid. Like, you know, and this is, like, the first time where, like, people know. And I think it was, like, a real, like, blow to his ego, to be honest with you. Yeah, exactly. Um, And we're, we're back at the Matthews residence. Eric demands Jason help him learn how to skate. Um, and then we we see Corey and Eric or excuse me, Corey and Sean are trying to do their project. Um, and Sean keeps comparing his life to Corey's like Corey always grew up in a house and Sean mm-hmm. was in a trailer park. You know, Corey had like a pool or like a sandbox and, you know, Sean played out like that in the backyard in like a gross shed or something. A Chevy. Um, so he like had there was like an old broken down car and he used to like play, play in, in the car. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and then Sean invites Corey to dinner, but his dad apparently cooks fish on the engine of his truck, and it gets, because like, they all... don't have a grill. Yeah. So it's, like, and, you know, so Corey doesn't really want to go, and I think Sean is more upset, kind of realizing that, like, Corey just has it so much better than Sean does, and so, like, he feels like Corey must must think what everybody else thinks about him. Um, So he kind of just, like, right. runs off, and he, you know, he's upset. Yeah. Um, Corey should probably just have eaten the antifreeze salmon. Probably. Was probably for the better. Probably, yeah. Um, and we're back at school, and Sean missed first period. He was too busy flooding, excuse me, flooding the library, and he freed all the rats in the lab. Um, and he said the clocks ahead 12 hours, which is ridiculous because they're not like digital clocks. They don't have AM, PM. They're just regular clocks, so it didn't do anything. <laughs> it's a mess. Like, I mean, he mm-hmm. definitely, like, caused some trouble. And, mm-hmm. like, Feeney's, like, in his rain boots. And he's like, Janner, bud, we got to get the big mob. Like, he did, like, cause some havoc. And he did this so that um, Harvey, no. Harley and his friends can notice him. Right. Um, and they can bring him in to be part of the like I don't wanna say thugs, 
because I don't really like that word. I would more so say like, like the bad, bad kids. Yeah, the yeah. bad kids. Yeah. And here's the thing. It's a new Harley. No explanation. Okay, Let's just so, throw this guy in. Okay, so I do have some explanation okay, onto good. what happened here. So this is the only episode that Harley was played by um, a different character other than Danny McNulty. Um, mm-hmm. This is played by Kenny Johnston. And it's the only episode. So what happened was um, that McNulty revealed recently, like when they aired Girl Meets World, that in this episode he had a like basically a breakdown. Like he was diagnosed or undiagnosed with bipolar disorder. So he had a breakdown in the middle of the episode and they had to replace his character like mid-episode. And um, so he was replaced in this one episode um, unexplained. We don't know why. Like we personally don't know why. Now we know why because I'm telling you. Mm -hmm. And after this, they were able to write in that Kiner got sent to reformatory school. Right. So, um, after McNulty was better, he came back for one last appearance in Boy Meets World as Harley. Um, and their explanation was like Harley um, escaped from reform school. And then mm-hmm. we see him again, of course, in Girl Meets World. So this mm-hmm. is a personal issue. They had to think fast wow. on their feet and cast him, like recast him in one episode. And then he came back. But we only see Harley in Boy Meets World, I believe, one other time. Mm-hmm. Gosh, that must have been really tough. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Poor guy. Oh, my gosh. Well, hopefully, I mean, obviously, if he was in Girl Meets World recently, he's doing better. But, like, that's that's wild. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I had no idea. Like, I was watching this. I was like, is this supposed to be a different bully? Like, and then, mm-hmm. like, later in the episode, they kept referring to him as Kiner. And I was like, okay, oh, so this is yeah. what we're doing. <laughs> this is yeah. a little strange. Yeah. Um, strange. And then I looked into it and this is the research that I uncovered. Wow. Um, yeah. So so Sean wants to be in their group and Corey's like, those guys aren't going to help you. Like, I don't understand why you're trying to be with them. And Turner, excuse me, Turner. Uh, Sean is basically just like, this is who I am. Just like, let me be who I am. I'm going to become this anyway. Just like, let me do it now. And he storms off and Turner asks Corey, like, where is Sean going? Like, class is starting. And Sean, Corey's like, I wish I knew where he was going. Like, I don't understand what's going on with him. Yeah. Um, which, ha- I mean, Corey wouldn't understand, right? Like, he he didn't grow no, up in the same no, experience no, Sean I, did. And, you, like, they're, honestly, they're, like, 13 years old. Like, ha- like you can't even expect him to look deeper into this issue. Right. Like, what actually is going on with him? Because right. everything at this age is so surface level. Like, somebody tells you, like, they don't want to be friends with you anymore. Then it's like... They don't they did they don't they don't like me anymore. Yeah. Like they don't want to be friends with me anymore. Yeah, like, Corey he, senses there's something else going on, but like he doesn't really know exactly like, what it is. He doesn't get it. Yeah. He yeah. really does not understand. And like, how can he? He's of privilege and Right. Yeah. Yeah, and that, that actually comes up in the next scene. So Corey is like asking Mr. Feeney questions while Feeney's gardening. Um, he p- kind of explains what's going on with Sean. And Feeney's like, well, it's the whole nature versus nurture conundrum because Corey asks, like, just because Sean grew up in this environment, does that mean he's going to, like, become a different person? And Feeney says he believes a man chooses his own path. Um, Here's the thing. Like, while partly that can be true, there's also just, like, people who don't grow up with privilege 
aren't going to necessarily be able to live their full potential. It's much harder for people who don't grow up with a lot of money in poor neighborhoods. You know what I mean? Like redlining is a thing. from your family. Without any support. There's like, yeah. I mean, it's, it's studies show that that's a thing, right? Like Feeney yeah. is in 100% correct. And Feeney, of course, is coming from a place of privilege as well. Right. Um, yeah, So absolutely. it's nice to think. It's nice to I, think that you can overcome obstacles and be any, whoever you want to be because that's what we're taught as kids. But the reality of the situation is not that you can't, but it's that much harder. Yeah. The thing that sticks out to me as a comparison is Lip from the show Shameless, who is yes. presented yes, yes, to yes. us in the show as a literal genius. He is yep. extremely intelligent, but his um his background, his family, like his influence um from his father, who is an alcoholic and subsequently he becomes an alcoholic, gets in the way of his genius. Like he had all the opportunity to become like a neuroscientist or some nonsense like that or some right. sort of tech genius. And because of like everything in his like path or in his family and his past right. um, gone in the way, he well, that, put himself he was in the responsible way. for taking care of his family as well. He had more yes. responsibility than any like an average person. Because Fiona, age. who um, the eldest uh, character even though like she spent a lot of her life taking care of her family right. because of that, she slipped too. So any like right. good responsibility that she had, she kind of like rebelled when she was like 23 and she's like, well, I never got to live my life. I was always a mother figure for like my six siblings. Right. Now I'm going to fuck off. And then the responsibility went to the second eldest lip. So right. um, he, it's like a very sad story. He was always my favorite story in Shameless. Um, Me too. Full, full disclosure, I never finished Shameless. Um, I'm behind certain- now, like, whatever the most recent season is. That yeah. came out. It got kind of bad, honestly. It got it got bad. Um, but, like, he, it's like his story to me was always the saddest because he had the most potential to do whatever his mind um, wanted to do. Like, if he wanted to get out of this shitty situation in Chicago and become some rich scientist, he had all the like intelligence to do so mm-hmm. but because of his family and because of how he was raised and because of the opportunities that like he was given opportunities but obviously right. like he but no, always it's, got it's his the way alcoholism and the substance yeah. abuse and all of those other things yep. held him back and yeah again it's nice to think it's it's really nice to think that you can be anything you want to be and that you could do anything you want to do no matter what you grow up in whatever your situation is growing up and all of that but the reality of the situation is that it's so much tougher for people yeah. who live in, in you know, rougher environments. Um, yeah. So I don't think Feeney, I mean, for once, Feeney doesn't have it all um, figured out, you know. Right. I guess He's coming from a place that, of privilege like, as well. I guess his perspective is like, even if you grow up from a rougher area, then you can, if you just work hard enough, right. then you can rise above it. Like you right. can like, but. Honestly, and there are people who do, obviously, right? Like not every successful person comes from a rich background, um, but it's it's that much harder. You know, you have to work ten times as hard, um, right? Yeah, so, and somebody that's like Feeney, who is like, I'm going to work hard, and if I just work hard, then I'm going to succeed. Then right. yeah, like that's easy for somebody like Feeney. Cough, right. cough, a Capricorn. But, Seriously, <laughs> yes. But somebody um, that's more into like their head, it's harder to do so. Yeah. 
Um, the next scene, we're in the hallway. Jason gives Eric a subliminal learn to skate tape. This is yes. so stupid. Um, this whole so, this whole this side storyline is so dumb to me. It got crazier and crazier, right? It really did. Uh, so whatever. Who cares? Um, Joey and Frankie are teaching Sean how to look. Uh, Joey sends him off for bagels. And Corey's been looking for Sean. And this is where we kind of get them really you know getting into it Corey and Sean um Mm -hmm. Sean says they're different they're going to end up in different places he knows who he's going to be so just let him get there now and Turner's watching all of this um and Turner kind of steps in and I thought it was interesting that Turner chooses to like approach Harley instead of Sean here he's like cut the kid a break I don't want to see him hanging out with you or you're, you know what I mean? You're going to be in deep trouble if I see him hanging out with you again. And I thought it's interesting that he approaches Kiner and not Sean in this it's situation. It's a bad move from Turner because yeah. Harley doesn't take Turner seriously. And this no. just like makes him even more angry. Like I, and I don't even think that it would have worked if he went to Sean either. Like I don't know what Sean like would have needed to get out of the situation Besides, like, what ultimately happened. Yeah. But, yeah, he just puts himself on Harley's radar. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Like, uh, kind of, like, in the moment, like, lets it happen. But you know it's not going to go well for for Turner in the long run. Um, right. I think it's better off if he goes to talk to Sean. But maybe Sean doesn't even listen either. We, you know, I don't think he was in the right headspace to be, like, taking advice at that moment. Right. Um, uh, so now we're at the Matthews residence again. We see Eric like sleeping and he's dreaming of learning to skate. This is his inner rink. Um, he can skate now and food has no power over him. So stupid. This whole side plot to me was a waste yeah. of time because I'd rather just vote. Fo- I would have I wish the whole episode was focused on Sean, to be honest. I didn't need this like comedic yeah. relief of Eric learning to skate. Well, I guess the whole thing was that we got Nancy Kerrigan who is a Olympian onto the show to do this dream sequence with um, Eric. I suppose but like I didn't recognize like I needed to hear her name to like know who the hell she was. I mean to be honest with you I think that in the 90s I think that she was very very well known especially with the controversy with uh, Tanya Harding. Yeah. So I think that it's like if Nancy Kerrigan's on your show, then you know who Nancy Kerrigan is. Oh, OK. Yes. Like yes, she yes, was yes. huge. Um, This happened. So the attack happened in 1994. This is 1995. This is a year after Nancy Kerrigan is 110 percent a household name at this point. Yeah, so, that's very funny. Once again, Nancy Kerrigan was on the lot of ABC and yeah. they said, hey, Nancy Kerrigan, how hey, can we get you to skate on our show? And yeah, this is the concept the that they came up with. So yeah. stupid. Um, so it's the next morning and Corey and Alan are talking. Uh, he realizes Corey's upset. And Alan basically says that, you know, maybe he's really not angry with you. Maybe he's just trying to push you away because he needs you the most right now. I mean, yep. the tracks like this. I mean, this is sound advice. I, whenever somebody does some irrational behavior that you can't quite understand why they're acting this way, nine and a half ten out of ten times they're doing it because there's something else going on below the mm-hmm. surface. Guys, I'm impressed with Alan. Alan here. I think this is like a really good. I love when he gives his like fatherly advice. We haven't seen much from Amy lately, but Alan's been on the ball. I think. Um, 
we're we're in the parking lot uh and harley basically wants sean to hit turner's motorcycle with a bat sean obviously doesn't want to do it i feel like he knows that turner's like looked out for him in the past and like of all the people I feel like this is the last person he'd want to like. And plus, his bike has just got fixed by his uncle. So. Yeah, exactly. It seems like a lot of, uh, you know, counteractive behavior. Exactly. Um, and Corey walks in on them. Corey takes the bat and says, he'll go first. You know, Sean's like, you're not supposed to be here. This isn't for you. I belong here. Uh, you know what I mean? You don't belong here. And Corey's like, if you belong here, I belong here. Which is just Aww. another version of if you're a bird, I'm a bird. Really? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's all I thought of when I heard that. <laughs> if you're a bird, I'm a bird, Corey. <laughs> um, and Corey stands up to Harley, which was like pretty ballsy. He says, take your greasy head and your rat faced thug and get out of here. Oh, boy. Whoa. Yeah. I mean, Whoa. he's already number one. I don't know why Harley is so offended by being called greasy. Like he knows what he looks like. Right. You look and in the mirror every day, right, Harley? Joey's literally called Joey the Rat since mm-hmm. Kino. So, oh, no, that's Frankie Stacchino. Joey the Rat. So it's like what this is. These are like very known insults. So I don't know. It's not that bad to me. But, um, you know, Corey is basically like you can punch me. Like, that's fine. Get your good punch in. Turner shows up, says, like, I've been looking through the window. Like, I know that you're like, there is like somebody that was about to like fuck up my bike. Mm -hmm. And Harley runs off with her, his thugs or whatever. Yeah. And we get this another tiff between Corey and Sean. Right. And basically, like Sean says, he's a low life. But Turner's like, low lives don't have friends like Corey. And I, I love these lines from Corey. He, because Sean's like, I don't even know who I am. And Corey's like, I know who you are. You're Sean yeah. Hunter. You were raised by wolves and you're my friend. And I just, I love that because I think, like, especially at the age they're at, like, you really are trying to discover who you are anyway. And it's so much rougher when you're, you're Sean and you're, like someone says that you're like a bad influence or you're from the wrong part yep. of town. Yep. And I think like you're just you're trying to discover who you are. And I feel like it's harder when you have people like thrusting these images on you of like, no, th- trying to tell you like this is who you are. You're only from you're you're only basically where you're from. And that's all there is. That's all I need to know about you. And it really gets into Sean's head. And I love Corey just reminding him, like, that's not who you are. Just because you live there doesn't mean you're going to turn out to be like Harley and his friends. Like, exactly. You're Sean. You're my friend. I wouldn't be friends with someone who smashes up Turner's bike. That's not who you are. Right. Yeah. I like this. I like this a lot, too. Um, So basically... Turner's a really good mediator mm-hmm. and he's like, you know, low life so have friends like Corey and um and then Sean's like am I going to be all right? And like basically like Turner's like you know, you have Corey, like Corey's like your friend, you have me. I hope that I can teach you everything that I can teach you. Mm-hmm. Um and it's like if deep down you don't think you're okay, that you're all right, then I haven't taught you anything at all. But Sean needs to hear it. And then Turner says, you know, you're going to be okay. You're going to be all right. If you put your mind to it, get back into school. Never go near like that Harley or my Harley ever Mm -hmm. again. Then you're going to be all right. And then um, Corey asks Turner, do you really think Sean's going to be okay?" And then Turner says, he says, sure. But Mm -hmm. it's like, just say yes. 
Yeah, just Whatever. say yeah. Don't don't just say yeah. Yes. Don't sure. You gotta be full on. Yeah. Sure. Um, yeah, I love this scene. I love Turner coming in and I, I love like the interactions between Turner and Sean always. And I just think like it's such a good setup for what we know is gonna happen in the future. Yeah. Um, and then very near future. Yes. Um, and then like this, they have to end. I, I would have loved if they just ended it here. I thought it was like a perfect ending to the episode. But we have to get the stupid skating rink scene in um, <laughs> where like we see the results of Eric using um, the the tape. And basically he's really good at skating. But then, of course, he has a problem with food. Food has no power over me. Dessert is the enemy of my hips. Um, he can't even say the word food. Yeah, okay, whatever. And then no one cares. He, he runs off. Jason swoops in with his two chili dogs. And yep. you see, like, Eric Gets peeking through. Yeah. Um, whatever. Who cares? So stupid. No one cares. I would have liked it if they left it on the other note, honestly. I think yeah. that was a more powerful moment. But what are you going to yeah. do? Yeah. Um. Loved both of these episodes. Again, I think we kind of talked about it a lot. But, like, I, I really love diving into Sean and Eric on a deeper level of course of course um, yeah and this is the big setups for what's coming up so um really really enjoyed both of these episodes way more than i thought i was going to so yeah i think that we're gonna end season two on a high note i think mm-hmm. that um these are probably like the cream de la crop of the episodes in these last this is episode 19 so this is a 24 episode season we have five episodes left um, so I think, no, four episodes left, 20, 25, <laughs> five, five, five episodes left. I think that we're going to leave on a good note. Um, mm-hmm. and yeah, I mean, like we've been dis- discussing like this, there hasn't been that many high highs in this season overall. Mm-hmm. I think that I'm still leaning towards preferring season one, surprisingly over season two, which I would not have anticipated, but same. Yeah. I mean, it's just like the nature of the game. Like there was so many high highs in season one and these were like a ton of like met episodes and like a ton of like amazing characters that like we saw come in for like an episode or two. And that's like what was exciting about season two. But um, we have like four to five episodes left. Whatever mathematician can figure that one out for me. That'd be splendid. We have four episodes left. Four. Mm hmm. 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 5. No, there's only 24. There's only 23 episodes. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Yeah, um, I tried. Yes. So, yeah, those were really great episodes. Um, Do we have any feedback to get into before fashion? Awa. Nope. Okay. Not today. Not today. But if so. you would like to send in feedback, you can always send in feedback at shit90spod at gmail.com or at shit90spod on Twitter and Instagram. Wonderful. Let's get into fashion hour. Fashion hour. Um, okay. So Rachel Green Award for today. I mean, the minute I saw this outfit, I was like 100% going into the Rachel Green Award. Yep. It is Tori. Of course. Of course it's Tori. She's wearing high-waisted, light-washed jeans. Um, a white shirt is tucked into them. And also, they're very distressed in like the knees. They have like rips. Yeah. Um, a white shirt tucked into the jeans and over top of that is a or excuse me a long sleeve white tee I should say and over top of that is a really like wide knit crochet light 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 pink 
long sleeve v-neck shirt on that's like a crop top kind of her hair is parted down the middle long and straight um and she has a cross body a uh, very small brown purse I definitely had like I don't know if I had this purse but it was very similar yeah um, and she's wearing what I think are like black booties or something like that yeah it's hard yeah, to tell yeah. Yeah, I noticed this outfit right away, too. I think it's adorable. I really, really love this outfit. I like this texture on her crop sweater. It's almost Mm -hmm. like a waffle knit. Um, Could even almost be timeless, but definitely. And that's only because... um, the 90s fashion is coming back. A crop top is definitely in right now. I think these yeah. nice jeans and are back. these yeah. jeans. So, um, but not I, quite. I don't know about a white wash. I still don't like a light wash. I'm resisting the light wash. Honestly, no, but the kids are. The kids I are. Know. The kids are. So yeah, love this outfit. As soon as they saw it, um, I knew I loved it. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up, I had to put Sean in, and this is from episode 18, I should say. Obviously, Tori was also from episode 18, but um, this is Sean's outfit from episode 18. Um, he is wearing a dark brown, kind of like a baggy pant, a um, like a white cream Henley over top of that. I've gotten more layers and more layers. Uh, over top of that is a mustard button-down shirt with a pocket. Um, like a chest pocket. And then over top of that is a green and brown striped vest. I chose this because of the vest. And because mm-hmm. I, I mean, I think Sean looks good in mustard too, honestly. Yeah, um, he does. But just like the layers and the fact that he had to have a Henley. I mean, these these kids must have been sweating every single day they shot the show. Um, <laughs> right, yeah, because they're filming in California. So. Yeah, so many layers. Um, so many layers. And, and obviously Sean's hair is the way Sean's hair always is. So Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the vest, absolutely. Sean loves a vest, which I think uh, we don't talk about a lot because, I mean, we uh, we don't really like vests, but he's always mm-hmm. wearing, like, a vest. So it's definitely within, like, season two Sean style. Um, tons of layers, cargo pants. It's, you know, it's a vibe. Yes, absolutely. So I only had the two for the Rachel Green Award this week. Um, I actually have three for the Paul Rudd Certificate of Timelessness. So I like I didn't, nothing really stood out to me. I almost picked Tori's other outfit, but I was like, okay, we really don't need that. Yeah, that Tori green outfit was so cute, actually. Yeah, I did um, like it, but I only I only chose the one. You know, I will be giving it to Tori just because I just I just love this outfit. It's something that I noticed right away when I watched yeah. this episode. Hundred percent. It was the first thing that caught my eye the minute I saw her come into the the scene. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Um. Okay, on to the Paul Rudd Certificate of Timelessness for the most timeless outfit. We're starting off here with something that could arguably also go into the Rachel Green Award category, but I do think something about a denim jacket to me is always going to be timeless. Um, so this is Topanga's outfit from episode 18 when she goes to visit a sick Corey. Um, she is wearing a um, a gray, what I believe is a maxi dress. It's hard to tell from the, the image, but a gray maxi dress with a lot of florals. So like um, a lot of sunflowers and pink flowers and blue flowers. Um, it has these three three or four big buttons on, on the front, like a V-neck, kind of with like um, lapels on it. And then she's wearing a light wash denim jacket over top of it. Her hair is pulled up half up, half down, kind of the way it has been all season. She has her bangs and she has like the curliness at the bottom. I mainly picked this because I do think that maxi dresses with denim jackets are actually pretty in right now. They are. They are. So I really like this outfit also. I could totally see myself wearing this. 
Yeah, it's like it's pretty cute. Like maxi dresses, floral maxi dresses with denim jackets is absolutely in. This is like a great look for especially going into summer and then transitioning into fall. Mm-hmm. Great, great look um, for even like a casual like barbecue or even like a super casual like wedding. I've seen people wear this type of outfit. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty it's pretty timeless. I think that this could it's coming back now and it could come back at any point truly absolutely um next up i picked what was her name again you said the name of the skater and i already forgot nancy it nancy kerrigan nancy kerrigan this did is you her- not see i tanya no i don't know what i tell oh, you should watch that that's a great movie um this is her outfit from the skating dream she's wearing like very tight what i chose to assume were like yoga pants slash like leggings um reason i chose this outfit was because her sweater oh my gosh if i could steal that off her body fucking snatch that shit up i would because that is like picture any romantic Christmas movie you've ever seen like a a lifetime Christmas movie someone's Mm -hmm. wearing this sweater it's a chunky cable knit thick bitch fucking wool sweater and she's wearing like a mock turtleneck type of black um turtleneck underneath it and obviously skates her hair looks pretty naturally curly half up half up half down and she has like some type of like pearl earrings very like just normal like pearl studs in yeah this outfit yeah, I can totally recreate this outfit, like, literally right this second. I have all these components, um, mm-hmm. especially the pearl earrings. Yeah, I love this outfit. Like, I think, like, the everything about it is timeless. A black turtleneck is timeless. Black yoga pants slash leggings is timeless. The sweater is very timeless. Pearls are arguably timeless. Like, I think this is... Um, a great outfit and I really really like it it's perfect for winter or a uh, Hallmark Christmas movie whichever mm-hmm. yes and the last option I'm putting up here for the Paul Rudd certificate of timelessness is Alan's outfit and this is in episode 19 he's in the kitchen it's a very brief moment in the episode but it like stood out to me as a different outfit than we normally see Alan in mm-hmm. um, he is wearing his normal like a light to medium wash denim jean with like what looked to be converses but He's wearing a white t-shirt and on top of that he's wearing kind of like a three-quarter zip sweatshirt. Um, It's like a really nice green color kind of like an olive like an a light yeah. olive green or like a light sage green Um, and it has like a chest pocket. Um, He's wearing a watch. I just loved this sweatshirt. It looked so cozy. Yeah, um, I really like this outfit from Alan. I think he, he looks really good. I like this color on him. I think it goes beautifully with his skin tone. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got like this nice gold watch. Yeah, like Zaddy Allen is always a Zaddy. He always <sighs> looks good. Zaddy Allen gonna Zaddy, 100%. Um, so what are you thinking between these three options? We have Topanga, uh, the skater girl, and Alan. Oh, like I so want to give it to Nancy Kerrigan, but it's such like a waste to give it to her. So because yeah. it's like obviously Nancy Kerrigan's never come back again. And I kind of yeah. want to put like my finger on the pulse of our um, our numbers for mm-hmm. the ultimate winner. So I shall give it to Zaddy Allen because he's always a Zaddy to me. He is a Zaddy. I just think I like that this outfit is so different than what we usually see him in. Like he's always wearing jeans, but I feel like yeah. we don't usually see him in this type of um in this type sweater, of sweater, sweatshirt. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I love it. Um yeah. all right, so congratulations to Alan and Tori. 
um, they have won our awards this episode. Woohoo! So I really liked these episodes. I thought they were great. I'm looking forward to finishing up the season. We're yeah barreling down the end here. We're almost we there. Are. So we have one more double episode and then two individuals right yes yeah. so just as a heads up um for everybody coming up we are covering so next week we'll cover 20 and 21 and then we're going to slow down for the penultimate and the finale so 22 and 23 will each have their own um separate podcasts yes um booyah booyah uh you love it you love it so um so yeah i'll just like Give our little spiel on what we have going on. If yeah. you did not catch our appearance on our HAPS Reality Rewind podcast with Rob Sesternino and Chappelle covering the 90s to early 2000s show uh, Blind Date, definitely to check that out. Um, that's why we keep saying these random sayings that make no sense. <laughs> you love to, it. You love it. You love it. Love it. Um and so definitely check that out on our HAPS network. We also have, of course, our regular Boy Meets World and Dawson's Creek content every single week. And then um, upcoming for bonus content, we already recorded. It was a lot of fun. Um, really liked it. Loved it. Love it. You love it. You love it. Um, coming out on Saturday the 8th, a... Um, we're swinging in to Baseball May with um, a league of their own coverage with the great Grace Leader. Um, it was, like I said before, it was great. It was, uh, I loved it. I loved it. Booyah. Um, I, I can't get <laughs> yeah, it out of my head. I really it, yeah. yeah, It's so annoying. No, it was a great podcast. I'm really excited for you all to hear that because it was really, really fun to have Grace on. And we have more bonus content coming up this month. So stay tuned. Stay tuned. Um, you can find us at Shitnaze Pod on Twitter and Instagram at ShitnazePod at gmail.com if you want to send in any feedback. Um, and yeah. Oh, um, yeah. If you are, sorry, go ahead. Oh, if you're on the clubhouse, you can find me on the club hizzy on Fridays at six o'clock, the reality TV, um, our hap ups where we talk about pop culture stories of the week. It's always fun. Absolutely. And I am over on uh, Post Show Recaps with Josh Wiggler every week talking about community as we uh, rewatch the series together, him for the first time, me for the multiple time uh, with various guests. So join us over there. Um, and also next week, uh, we actually will be joined by a special guest. Um, we will have on Touchdown Tommy, if you're familiar with him. The guy loves ranch. Um, and he's, he's from the, the RHAP universe. Um, and he also has his own podcast going over Ned's Declassified. Um, so mm. he will be on with us next week. Really excited for that. Um, so we hope you all enjoyed this podcast. Thank you all again for the 10,000 downloads. Huge, huge, huge achievement for us. We're super, super excited that we're finally here. Um, and we're just going to keep cranking out content for you all to listen to. So next we'll be celebrating 20,000, hopefully in the... Maybe before the next eight months. <laughs> Maybe. Only time will tell. Yes. So thank you all for listening. Have a good one. Bye, everybody. Shit 90 shows taught me.